0: Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money. Show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about.
1: But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer,
0: editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
1: And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make any of it. So let's start
0: talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Oh, it's good to see you again.
1: You too. It's been too long. I was having separation anxiety. No, no, way
0: too long. But sadly, we are not back in the studio all the time together yet.
1: Right. Season one is over. Mm. Uh, we're now hard at work planning season two. But today we're creating a little bonus episode to run in the middle of our break.
0: Bonus! And yeah. I'm really excited about this one because it's a subject we have been talking about doing for a long time. Should couples combine their finances? It is one of the first big, like super real financial questions that a married couple can face. Yeah, before you
1: got married, did you have strong feelings on what you wanted to do about it? I I did,
0: yeah. I I had like a million and one expectations. But before I tell you about it, let me tell you
2: about Malika Holloway. I think I had um, a million and two expectations.
1: So she had one more expectation than you.
2: Yeah, right.
0: exactly. We, we kept count. So here's the thing. Malika grew up in a financially responsible family, and she thought she wanted to marry a man who earned more than she does. The way she says it, she wanted someone
1: who
2: could give her something to aspire to.
1: And then she didn't meet that type of person. She met someone else, didn't she? That is right. It always happens that way.
2: He did not make more than me. You know, he didn't come from a family that was supportive or helpful, didn't really have any business sense or money sense. His, his like motto was, you know, if you have cash, credit doesn't matter.
1: What? That is such a weird personal motto. Know, it sounds
0: like he was a
2: weird dude.
0: He also didn't have a permanent home when Malika met him.
1: Ooh, Malika. I
0: know. And he didn't have a steady job and didn't have a lot of things. But they got married anyway, and Malika was starting to see all these red flags. But at the time, she loved him and really wanted to make this work. And so... Please don't
1: tell me she combined finances with him. Please
0: well, don't. To start, she thought she would want to file taxes jointly. Now, Malika's mom is actually an accountant and had always done Malika's taxes, but this new husband did not want her mom to see his finances. Oh,
1: no, that is the world's largest red flag ever. I
0: know. And so Malika and her husband went to see a professional.
2: We went to one of the tax places. The rep was like, Um, told me when he wasn't there, like, if I were you, I would just file separately Um, because you run the risk of, like, owing the government and ended up having to pay some of his bills if you filed together.
0: Taxmen to the rescue. Yeah, not all heroes wear capes. (laughs) So after that, Malika told her husband that they were going to file separately. They kept all of their finances pretty much separate after that. And then the marriage fell apart after almost five years. Shocking. Yeah. But good, she's out of it. That's right. And so I asked Malika, when it comes time for her to get married again, if she's with a man whose finances are perfectly in order and who makes good money and who seems really stable, all the good things, will she want to combine finances with him and she said no the lesson she has taken from all this is you have to protect
2: your money some people say well no that's like casting a doom cloud over your marriage and i'm like no in today's age it's just smart it's just kind of smart because you know now i'm like well no marriage is not just this this feeling of love and wonderlust and lust and all of that i'm like nope it's a business decision I am
1: totally with Malika here. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. Even with family or friends, business is business. But I guess you think totally differently.
0: Yes, I do. I mean, my finances with my wife are kind of complicated. I'll explain it to you in a minute. But in general, yeah, I think it's impractical to keep your finances separate. So, okay. Let's get to it, Nicole. You and I are going to debate whether or not couples should combine their finances. And then, as always, we're going to bring on a celebrity judge to decide who's right. And today, it is body positivity advocate Katie Storino, founder of the brand Mega Babe, who has a huge following online and whose divorce made a lot of headlines. Okay, so here's the situation. One in five couples keeps their finances completely separate, and 30% of couples don't even know each other's salaries.
1: You're giving me the stats right oh, off yeah. the top? Right off the top? I mean, we, we've been on break. It's I've been my so excited. Lucky day. i so excited to tell you okay, stats. One in five couples keep their finances, finances completely separate. separate. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then 30% of couples don't even know each other's salaries. It's interesting. It's actually. Not cool. No, I'm not okay with it. I'm definitely weirded out by don't even know each other's salaries.
1: I'm fine if listen. You do whatever you want to do. I think that you should have your own account. Ideally, yours, mine, and ours. Yeah, and the hours should have a weighted amount so it feels even because you're likely not making the exact same salary. Mm. So if one of in weighted? five,
0: wait, what does that even mean? Weighted.
1: So like if you make for easy math, ten grand, and Jen mm. makes a hundred grand, yeah. then your wife. Yes, Jen, your wife. Then you would put in, let's say, 10%. So you would put in $1,000 and she would put in $10,000. So 10% feels weighted. Oh, so Versus just putting in, if you said, let's put in five grand, yeah. then that's just a straight dollar amount. To you, that's half of your income. And to your wife, that's like nothing.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's really interesting. that That's like more formal. I can't even imagine bringing that level of financial formality into my relationship.
1: Why not? I don't know.
0: Cause, you know why? Because it feels like it's designed to be unwound. It's like we can keep track of exactly what's gone in so that if we need to, we can split it all logically back out. This is your one suit thing. Yeah, it's my one suit thing.
1: Remind us about the yes, one one story. from
0: earlier in the first season that the, the Miami Heat, my childhood basketball team, they were playing a playoff game and they had two chances to win the championship. And they, they were traveling. And Coach Pat Riley said, everybody pack one suit. We are not playing two games to win. We are going to win the first game and win the championship. Everyone packs one suit because we're not thinking about being there for two games. We are winning on the first shot. And they won one suit. I love it. It's a real metaphor for life.
1: I hear you. You got married once. You're only going to get married once. You're in it to win it. Right. And that's why you're all loosey-goosey with your finances.
0: Yeah. The thing is, what my wife Jen and I do is not dissimilar to that tip that you just gave, except that we're really loosey-goosey about it and there's some other stuff. So when we got married... We both felt weird just saying, okay, now that we're married, we're just going to dump all of our money into one big pile and move it around, and then we don't know whose is whose, and it's just one big pile. That just felt strange to me. I, I felt protective over my money, even though I was now entering into a arrangement where my money was her money, it's all our money. So here's what we did. I kept my checking account and my credit card, and then she kept hers But we put each other on the other account. So I can access, quote unquote, her account. She can access mine, uh, but we don't. And then we've built a bunch of joint things. So we have, for example, a Fidelity investment account where money goes. And we've got now like 529 accounts for the kids and all that stuff. But the thing is, we don't keep any kind of record and we don't systematize How we contribute to the joint stuff, and we don't systematize who pays for what out of our personal accounts. So, in other words, we're treating it all as one. Like, I'm buying things out of my stuff, and she's buying things out of her stuff. We're not keeping track of it, and it doesn't really matter. And then I like I did this today. I was at work and I had looked at my checking account and I saw that there was more money in there than I generally keep there. So I just went into Fidelity and I just threw some money into Fidelity. I didn't even tell you her I was some doing money.
1: it. You just threw some money like an yeah. arbitrary amount. You yeah, just like closed your eyes amount. and you banged on the keyboard. Yeah. What?
0: Well, I mean I didn't, I didn't literally do that. But I I usually skim off I like skim off some money and I put it into Fidelity.
1: Okay, so, so let's say decided. for easy math, you want to keep ten grand in your checking account, yeah. and so if you have, Tw- if 13, I have twenty, I put 20 ten thousand dollars
0: into Fidelity today. So I looked at my my checking account, got it, and I was like, I could do without ten thousand dollars in this account. It should go into our joint investment account, and so then I just moved it there. And I didn't tell her, you I didn't, didn't call her. No, she doesn't know. No, it's just magic money. It's just magic money. Well, because she's not keeping track of my bank account anyway.
1: And, and I'm not keeping track of hers. So she sometimes skims off yeah. her checking account and just puts it in whatever. Yeah. Hmm.
0: But we just do it. We do it at random. And we do it whenever it seems like we should move some money. <laughs> and uh, And we don't keep track of anything. I think of it all as one big pile of money. And so now we've started talking about how is it weird that we've continued this structure where it's, Technically, mine and hers,
1: but you are keeping track of it because you're keeping track of it for taxes. Ultimately, you do look at it. Do you guys talk about it at that point?
0: Um what would we what would there be to talk about?
1: Hey, babe, I found a thousand dollars on the street and I put it into <laughs> our kids' college fund FYI. Oh, yeah, well, I
0: mean, like tonight, I will go home. The order of the day here is that I went to work. I moved $10,000 into Fidelity. <laughs> I saw you at a studio. And then I'm going to go home she's and tripless. we're going to have dinner. Yes, <laughs> And then over dinner, I'll probably say, oh, I moved some money into Fidelity and also into the kids' college accounts. And she'll say, great. And Ask then we the will move babes. along. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And you just assume she's doing the same type of thing? Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't distrust her spending in any way I mean, that I think that's what it comes down to right is that if you trust your partner then you trust to combine finances At this thank you you didn't even know you did this you led me into my other stat oh my gosh I know um oh I should say that these stats were from a survey that policy genius did so okay among people who don't handle money together with their partner 20% say they plan to leave the relationship due to money issues. Among couples who do handle finances together, only 4% say they plan to leave their partner due to money issues. In other words,
1: it's a bigger sign of trust is what you're correct. To say. But that doesn't mean that everything has to go together. I mean, you could Where does right. so where does your mortgage come from?
0: Uh it comes out of my account.
1: So where does Her pedicure or your pedicure
0: come from? Um, Her pedicure comes from uh, her account.
1: So not everything is combined.
0: No, no, no. Right. I'm saying we still have this separate account system, but we're not methodical about who gets paying out of what. Like the mortgage comes out of my account because it's just tied to it. Like we had to make a decision when we had a mortgage about whose account does this come out of? And the answer is it's mine. She when she goes out and buys whatever she buys, whether it's pedicure or lunch, she uses her card. So then it comes out of her account. But, you know, if we're together uh, out to dinner I'll put my card down, but it's not like we have a conversation about, oh, whose card does this dinner go on? It just happens. It's okay. all one pot of money that's been split up into other pots of money.
1: Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, I'm but confused. it works. I need a chart or a graph I know. or something or
0: I know. flow chart. See, but this is why this is why your confusion is the argument for why I feel like it's time to just combine. Because we've created these structures, but the only way that the structures make sense is if you really, really hew to them. But eight, nine years into a marriage, when you got two kids, like
1: it's you got ridiculous. Shit to you got shit to clean. Yeah, you it's ridiculous. Yes. Stuff going on. And you just
0: skim off the top. And, and you cannot sit around and be like, whose whose checking account pays for the Swiffer? Like, it's stupid. It's no, all but one. That's why you thing. make
1: a system and a process. And that's why you make automatic deductions and automatic payments. And you set it up once in the beginning of the year. And, you know, you're set for the rest of the year and it's all good. And you're not thinking about, you know, where the pedicures are coming from. <laughs> and you have one joint account and then you have your personal stuff like whatever you want to do.
0: Right, see, but that but that almost says like it's like whatever you want to do in your free time almost makes it feel like everybody's got some kind of secret spending. It's like spending, secret spending spending that you don't want your partner to to engage with. I don't care if she knows everything that I spend. I'm not it's buying like anything knowing, secret.
1: It, but it's like if you have a Pac-Man collection. <laughs> is that coming out of the same pot? Don't make fun
0: of me for my Pac Man
2: collection. <laughs>
1: <the> mortgage? <laughs> I don't know. I just think that having some autonomy is really empowering. And saying we're gonna pay for our joint expenses. So the Swiffer, the mortgage, you know, the groceries for the kids, the diapers, the whatever oh. from one account. And then we're gonna have our own accounts. And I you think know, I we're misunderstood. Yes, not yeah. the first uh, or the last time. Jason. I think
0: I misunderstood what you meant by a shared account. So our shared account is an investment account, right? So we're not like that's not it's not liquid money. But you're saying like open a credit like a an account. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then pour some money into that. And then, then all shared expenses come that's out right. of that.
1: Oh, that sounds so complicated. What do you mean? It sounds complicated. Because how cause your system sounds so complicated <laughs> to me. It's very disorganized. It's giving me hives.
0: So, and the reason for this is because you like. Are you thinking about the end of a relationship in this? Like, are you like? I need to preserve some money in case it's go time. I, I want my own account. Like, what? Wh- what is the? What is the point of the maintaining this structure?
1: Yeah, I think you're having your own back at the end. You, you want to ideally pack one suit, but I, I pack some more. Like, I check a bag.
3: <laughs> and so
1: <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm covered no matter what. And this goes for other couples, too, that aren't married. I mean, I've never been married. Maybe this is why <laughs> or many other reasons. But I, you know, have lived with men. Mm -hmm. in my adult life and you have shared expenses when you're living together and then you have stuff that you just do like you know with your girlfriends or whatever and that doesn't come from the joint checking account that you've created together where you're putting a weighted amount a percentage so 30 percent, let's say or whatever of what you're bringing in you're putting into the joint account where you're paying for shared stuff and then you're just keeping your own account. You're doing whatever you want to do. It's not necessarily that it's a secret. It's just you have your independence. Hmm. Alexa, play Miss Independence.
0: <laughs> Somewhere that just actually happened. <laughs> uh, uh, you know as you know cuz i've done this on many other episodes i like keep thinking back to like what is like earliest memory of noticing something like this i remember a friend of mine and like my first friend from college who got engaged and then him and his fiance and they were sitting there going through the grocery bill and deciding like who was going to pay what or whatever. They were like dividing up. They were itemizing a bill.
1: Oh, I hate that. And That's I remember I was watching it and I was like, all. this is
0: crazy. You
1: know me. Like, I don't want to split a bill ever, ever, yeah. ever like at a restaurant with anyone. I'd rather just take care of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not getting granular and petty and weird. Mm-hmm. It's just coming up with a process so that you have clarity and expectations from the get-go. I love having these awkward ish conversations mm-hmm. um, in my own personal relationship. I just like to confront whatever that is. So it doesn't get weirder. And so you're just like, okay, let's talk about this once. Let's set it up. And that's it. Mm.
0: Would you, thinking back to Malika and how they went and she was going to file jointly for taxes. I mean, like there's a pretty solid decision somebody's got to make. Would you do that? You, As you, as you may know.
1: Married. Filed jointly yeah. results in lower income taxes. Right. Generally speaking. That's a thing. Um, so there's some community property states, right? So like California, uh, Texas, Washington, you know, whatever. They're community property states. So in those states, you're going to smush your income together anyway and you're basically evenly dividing between the two of you so if Malika gets a w2 and she makes 50 grand in wages or whatever and she has like eight thousand dollars in federal income tax withheld then each spouse is reporting 25 grand and four thousand in taxes paid even if you're filing separately that's happening already in yeah. a community property state
0: I'm so glad you said that instead of me there was no way I could have explained that rich bitch. <laughs> Right. So we file jointly. And I mean, that was never a question. and I'm happy with that.
1: I mean, but did you actually look at the nitty gritty of your tax situation? Or is that just because you're so romantic and you packed one suit and you're like, everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies and we're just going to be loosey goosey and (laughs) run off into the sunset? In
0: in that case, it's just because we asked an accountant what we should do. And he said, file jointly.
1: And do you remember why?
0: Uh, oh, I, I mean, he just said that because we would save money. That was enough for me. I mean, I was not afraid of the symbolism of it. Like, let's, yeah, let's combine. I mean.
1: But what if you in your particular case, yeah. it, you would have saved money by filing separately?
0: If we would have saved money, then I would have filed separately. Because I don't care. I, that's like one thing. I don't care what the how the government sees us. What's more important is how we run our household finances. We and, agree
1: on that. Yes. Ah, ah. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, whichever one is going to save you the most money. Yeah. I'm here for that.
0: I feel like it's time to bring in the third perspective, because we've got unmarried gal, we've got married guy, and we've got Katie Storino, divorced and remarried gal, who I'm sure she has quite a lot to say about the experience of dealing with two finances. And now she makes a lot more money than she did back then. So she got stuff.
1: See, that's what happens. She packed two pretty dresses and she wore the second one
0: burned my metaphor against me. All right, let's talk to Katie. Katie Storino is a whole long list of things. She's an entrepreneur, social media influencer, body positivity advocate, founder of the innovative beauty brand Mega Babe. And a few months ago, we at Entrepreneur Magazine included her in our 100 powerful women list. Plus, she has a new podcast called Boob Sweat, where she tackles taboo subjects, which is great because we have a taboo subject to tackle with Katie today. So first, Katie, thanks for coming on Hush Money. Thanks for having me. So our subject of the day is whether couples should combine their finances. I say yes, combine them, because I think keeping your finances separate is like preparing yourself for separation. Nicole says no, only combine enough to cover your living expenses, because what's yours is yours, baby, and you never know when it's time to go. So now, Katie... You get to combine your good wisdom with one of us who's right, me or Nicole.
3: You guys, I, <laughs> I really hear, okay, it's not a simple answer because, yes, like, keeping an account to the side, Nicole, does say, that. like, keeping it separate, it does say, hey, I'm prepared and I'm ready to go. But mm-hmm. as someone who got divorced and and did go all in— Oh, I was gonna ask. I did. So marriage, when I went all in, combined the finances, and guess who got f on this can you say fucked on this yes. show? Yeah. You Guess got who got fucked. fucked? I did. Yeah. Mm. Yes.
1: And you didn't have a secret account or had no secret account. Stash? I went
3: all in because wow. I was like, I'm here for the long haul. Right. I'm here. I'm really committed. In. We're married. Like this is this is what married people do. Right. And now I'm remarried and I have a wonderful partner and I do not believe in combining finances any longer. Mm. So, so wins. You're, you're going. So I guess Nicole wins. <laughs> yeah. you know, Jason, I like that you you have this um, this very nice view of combining the finances because I think a lot of people do. They, I think it does. Anchor you, and it makes things much more complicated if you were to separate. But having gone through that separation, I could, I don't think I could do that again. So l- can we
0: back up to like you bet. marriage number one? Yeah. Did you go all in immediately? Like, did you guys decide? You know what? As soon as this knot is tied, we're getting a bank account. We're pouring everything into it. We're going. Yeah, was that was my
3: transfer? okay. That was my like I was pushing for that. Was and- it a discussion? It was a discussion. I was like, I was like, hey, like, we're building for the future. Now, did he have secret bank accounts? Probably. Oh, also, shit. this is something that I always remember every time I walk into my Chase branch on 23rd and 10th. The guy who was setting up the account, I was like, We're opening a joint account. We just got married. Like, I was so <laughs> excited. And he was like, he looked at me dead in the eyes. He was like, I'm getting a divorce. You should keep a separate account. Whoa. Wow. And I was like what? Real talk. Yeah, <laughs> at Chase. Yeah, and and guess who should have listened to the guy at Chase? Me. Wow. Yeah. So, so every Shout time out I walk- to <laughs>
1: Bitter
0: Chase employees everywhere.
3: I know. I know. And I just money is so stupid and complicated, but yeah, th- I think that as a especially as a lady, you got to protect yourself.
1: Have your own back.
3: Yes. And you don't go
1: into it thinking you're going to get divorced. No. But you don't go it's into a, power a job chip. thinking you're going
3: to chip. fired nope. or go into a yeah. business yeah. thinking
1: it's going to fail. No.
3: Except for Jason. He's very romantical. Right. <laughs> just diving in. And I am too. I'm diving in uh-huh. all the time on everything. I'm going deep. Yeah. But I'm just saying on that on that money part, I would be a royal dumb, dumb, if I was like, if I put myself in that same position. So
0: how did that conversation happen with your new husband?
3: new husband is so he took my last name he's such an advanced he's just like such a feminist and like so supportive of my career and we have we live in totally separate fields he's in law school and like I'm you know I make like boob dust so (laughs) I, I but he's he's like my number one fan and I'm his number one fan and He's like, great, I don't care. You want to sign a prenup? Fine. Like, I'm not here for any of that. So you signed a prenup? Yes. And how did that go? Easy.
1: Like, a lot of couples sign it and then they put it in the fire or whatever. And they're just like, we're going to forget about this. We're not living by it.
3: You know, I do think, I think prenups are much more about realistic protection, and it's just like real it's uncomfortable for like a week, and then you like you just do it mm-hmm. like it's very uncomfortable to have him have to get a lawyer to like do like do you know what I mean like yeah. that's it's uncomfortable totally
0: I mean you're adding a real businessy element to it's your a boner killer, yeah, sure is yeah, do you have dust for that <laughs> <laughs> there should be. <laughs> Yeah. So did you how did that conversation happen? I mean, did you say, listen, I made this mistake with combining the finances the first time? I just can't make it again. Doesn't mean that I don't trust you, but I got to do it different. Exactly
3: what I said. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I get it. Mm. And he was and also he got a divorce as well. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, great. You want to run the show? Great.
1: Hmm. Did yeah. you feel like you weren't going to get married again after yes. that experience
3: and maybe yeah. just have like a life partner and not go
1: through all the logistical Yeah,
3: stuff. I was going to have like a lot of um, you know, those cushions that you sit on, um, not beanbags, but like, you know, those like the poofs. Like, like <laughs> it's going to have like an apartment with like a lot of proofs in it, with, like a lot of light um, and just like live and like partners come and go. But like I'm still there with all of, like my my great apartment. But I met John and I like had a reason to believe that you could be with someone and find like a good partner in life. And that was something I did not expect to find. Certainly after you get a divor- a divorce, it's a it's a raw time. The money shit is really what makes it bad Mm -hmm. because it's bad enough that maybe the divorce ended because someone was unfaithful or they don't want to be with you or whatever, whatever reasons a a marriage can end. And then the money stuff comes and you're like, what? I'm trying to like breathe and you're trying to tell me that like, I don't have any money. It's that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: But it sounds like you learned from the mistakes that you made.
3: Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, you've learned a lesson, right? You learn, you gotta only trust you. But sometimes people repeat those
1: same things over and over. Yes, again. Yes, you're but right. Not you,
0: yeah. But I'm gonna guess, totally didn't see it coming. Like that was an I element did not, of the divorce. Let's be very clear. Yeah. I did
3: not see it coming, on, yeah. any, on any front. Mm-hmm. People are always like coming up to me and being like, "Good for you, you left, didn't you?" And I'm like, uh, "No, I didn't leave." Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what
1: kind of advice would you give? Like, I've never been married. What would you tell me going into it?
3: Get a prenup. I just think as we get married later in life, you've had a whole life before you meet your partner often. And like, you've worked really hard to do things. And unfortunately, things can, you know, life can throw you a curveball. What did you guys do now? What is your structure of your finances with your husband? Um, we have separate finances.
0: Like entirely? 100%. Who pays yeah. the rent or mortgage or whatever?
3: Um, he's in school right now, so I pay the rent, and he's responsible for like the cable or like we kind of divide it household chore wise. So he's responsible for like certain things in the house, and I'm responsible for. It's probably more of a flipped stereotypical male female role situation, hmm. and so I'm I probably do what most quote unquote husbands do if I'm just being really 1950s about it.
1: And do you feel like making more money in this marriage versus the last one makes you have a different dynamic?
3: Um, It was the last relationship was so many different dynamics. It wasn't money. It wasn't, it just, here's the thing. I know a lot of ladies in life that are like, I got to hide this from my husband. Or like, Jeff would never let me. And I'm like, Jeff would never let me what? Like, I make the choice. Mm. So that's what I want for me. You want to be Jeff. Yeah, I want to be Jeff. <laughs> I want to be Jeff. Be- yeah, I don't want to be the person being like, I can't do this because you said no. Like, no. off, like boss. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to be in the driver's seat financially because I'm burdened with the choices for like how to invest and how to do that kind of stuff. But he's there with me to talk about it.
1: So do you feel pressure, like as an entrepreneur, to maintain certain level of success for your lifestyle? Yes.
3: And then, because if you would have told me ten years ago what I'm making now, I would have been like, "What?" <laughs> but then, like every year, you're like, "The level stakes, up. yeah." The stakes get raised, and you're like, "So I've I've been trying to figure out not a financial point, but more like what life looks like to feel comfortable. Because I don't think there's ever a number. It's not."
0: There isn't. Right? I've gone through that myself.
3: Okay. I'm going through that.
0: Ah. Because I make significantly more than I certainly did a couple years ago, and I have the option now to—I have these, like, ways to make money. I can go and speak, and they will pay me a kind of absurd amount of money to do it, and yet— as you level up in your own like financial career, you start to be surrounded by people who are a level or two above that. Oh. And so you start thinking relatively, and it's not like I'm doing it in a jealous way, but just the the like my relative vision is different, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz now I know all these people who make all this money right Mm -hmm. and it's like uh, the the amount of money that I make on a on a speaking gig which I used to think was absurd now I think is actually kind of small because I know these people who make Mm -hmm. two or three times the amount Mm -hmm. and you just become more and more aware of what is potentially available to you and so it makes it feel like it's never actually enough
3: how do you shield yourself from that do you just stay in the same house you stay have the same friends and you don't go on a different vacation how do you keep it it's a really good question. Right? Uh, Some, I don't want to know sometimes. Like, I don't yeah. want to know what's out there, what I'm not getting, because I think it, it robs you sometimes of feeling like you've, like you've accomplished something, for yeah. me at least.
0: Well, I think that, first of all, you have to have a core understanding of who you are and what you value. And then you keep your network oriented towards that. Like my, fr- I think that the majority of my friends are a little on the level of, of me, which is to say that we're not like flashy materialistic people, but we're also ambitious and we like to accomplish. Um, but it's not necessarily about making the money, right? I'm the, it's not right. like a models and bottles crowd. Sure. It's a, we do good things and some money will come and that's awesome, but that's not... And also, I, you know what? It probably helps to also have someone close to you who has a pretty different financial perspective. So my wife... Does not feel the kind of comfort that even I feel as I don't feel satisfied in my financial life, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So she'll be like, "Oh, we can't afford this," or if I, you know, if we're, if we're if we're somewhere, maybe we'd look at this hotel and it costs like a hundred dollars more a night. And she's like, "But that's so expensive." And you know what? Frankly, we can afford it, right? And I then have to convince her that we can afford it, and I do that by being like, "But then I just went and I gave this talk, right? And it, that." give and take is really helpful and healthy to be constantly reminded of that money is money and uh, Mm. things still cost things and you can't just go throwing it all around. (gasps) I don't know. Did that, was that, was that an intelligent observation or was that just me rambling? No,
3: I I think my question is, so then is staying at the fancy hotel okay? I mean, it's also the idea of
1: defining what, having it all is, because we constantly get in this zone of, like, we'll be happy when we get this, Mm -hmm. and then we get there, and then almost immediately we change the goalpost on ourselves. So it's like your former self would have been stoked by this speaking fee. And so I think it's figuring out what that definition is and stop constantly changing the goalpost on yourself, because you never get your brain then to the other side of happiness.
0: Yeah. But you know what? It's also being okay with that being the thing. Like, when I was living in Boston and I got a job at Men's Health in New York and I was going to move to New York and start my, like, national magazine career, da-da. and I was uh, dating this girl and she did not want to move, she did not want any part of this, and so I was really torn, and I was talking to my parents, and I remember my dad was like, what, what is the expectation if you stay and you don't pursue the thing that you want next? Because the thing is... It never ends. Like there's no end goal. It never ends. So the thing that you need to do is to continue to move, take that next step, take that next step, take that next step. And that's satisfying as long as it's satisfying for you. And there is no point at which you're going to arrive at something and say, Oh, I'm here. Like you're not going to do that. So keep going and be okay with that and just don't let it consume you just let it be the natural part
3: of you that is very good advice yeah, thank you is. or I, yeah. i'm not
0: even saying thank you my dad no, says thank I you i think yeah you're thank you this makes me think of a nice kind of concluding thought here which is um, you have uh, done a good job in your career of getting people to like face the uncomfortable Right. Mm -hmm. So um, not every relationship, I think, for example, would be about making sure that your husband is as less sweaty as he possibly can be. (laughs) Right. You're like you're checking out the sweat. (laughs) But talking about money is similarly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. just um, without powder. And so what is your advice for managing uncomfortable questions and conversations?
3: I think the things that we hide from often end up becoming little shackles and keep us in like a little jail cell. And once you start to face some of that stuff, it feels more freeing. So I'll take the example of thigh chafe. Feeling uncomfortable about it and letting it push you into a spiral because you're like, why do my thighs touch? I don't have a thigh gap. Like it's this little spiral. But when you own it and you say, hey, my thighs rub together, you free yourself Even though that's a small thing, right? Talking about it helps you free yourself. It takes away some of its power. Yes. Yeah. Wait, that was, you know what, a much better way of putting it. But
0: yes, (laughs) that's exactly it. And with your husband, you just were super open and talked about the
3: financial split. Mm -hmm.
0: And it was fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So bottle that, girl. Yeah. We we need some dust to help others. Talk about the hush money.
3: (laughs) I think you guys got it.
0: Well, Katie Storino, a.k.a. Jeff, who's calling the shots. (laughs) We appreciate you being here.
3: You guys, this was so fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I lost that debate, but I am okay with it because, I mean, how can you argue with personal experience like that?
1: You can't argue with the mega babe. You can't. She's the mega babe.
0: You know, I think the most important thing that Katie was talking about there was how it really all just comes down to how you talk about it. And she's so open about it. And she was like, listen, bad experience. want to do this differently next time. Has nothing to do with the relationship. We're going to be all in except for this one thing.
1: I think the biggest issue couples have is if they just don't talk about it at all regardless of whether they feel that everything should get smushed together or everything should be separate it doesn't really matter just as long as you have that conversation and do what's right for you guys
0: well so watch this as a segue ready nicole you and i are going to have many more conversations but there's going to be a little more of a break because we're continuing to create our next season so this is it for a bonus episode it was really nice to be back with you it
1: was the nicest to be back with you
0: and we'll see everybody soon keep watching your feed
1: and that is Hush Money. Hey,
0: are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show.
1: It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram.
0: We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke.
1: And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison.
0: Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.